Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram. I love that movie podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at patreon.com slash I love that movie. Um, and right now we are covering the Falcon and the Winter Soldier every episode. I cover them with a guest each week. We've also covered WandaVision, The Mandalorian. So there's a lot of extra content on our Patreon, including a weekly roundup of what I've been watching that week. And I want to take a moment to thank our top patrons. And they are Chris Valga, Michael Cross, Philip Barker, and Jeff Woodman. Thank you all so much for keeping the lights on. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Um, and yeah, I'm done with all my all my plugs. So uh, I have a returning guest, somebody I just mentioned. So uh, say hi to a familiar voice on here. Jeff, say hi, Jeff. Who, me? You. Yes, you. You just said my name twice. <laughs> I did. <laughs> hey, everybody. Good to be back. Yes, welcome back. Pre, since pre-pandemic. It, it has. Like, we've <laughs> talked since then, but it, it's been since yeah, pre-pandemic. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, we chat a lot on, on, on the Twitter. But, um, yeah. On that, their Twitter website, yeah. <laughs> yeah, although, you know, lately it's been, well, this whole year it's been exhausting. But yeah. that's just because it has been an exhausting past year. <laughs> right. um, yeah. We both know how that feels uh but jeff in case people haven't heard you on the show before and they should definitely go listen to your episodes um can you introduce yourself a little bit sure um i'm primarily uh, a singer songwriter i think before when i was on here i mentioned that i did a podcast or whatever and i don't really do my own podcast anymore so much not so much about movies um maybe returning though Yes, I've heard through the grapevine. Oh, you have? You heard? <laughs> yes, from Charles. <laughs> yes, yeah. Mutual friend of uh, ours and guest on the show, too, yes. before. Fan and, or not uh, uh, a fan. That sounds weird. He's not a fan, but a friend of the show is what I meant yeah. to say. He's a big fan. He's your biggest fan. He he's tells me all the time. He's a fan of loving films. That's what he's right. for. So we <laughs> we have a combative type of relationship. It's playfully, playfully combative. Uh, so he always calls me like, you know, the Siskel to his Ebert or vice versa, however you want to look at it. <laughs> and, uh, and so he was, he's just been actually asking me for kind of a long time, but throwing it out there, like maybe we should do a podcast. And I didn't know if he was serious or not. So I just kind of didn't respond for a while. And then I was like, <laughs> let's just do one then. And he was like, oh, well then yeah, he was just a hundred percent on board. So I don't know we could, we could have something soon. Um, it's not going to release like weekly like yours or anything, but. Um, well, awesome. Yeah. So that's, 
that's coming out soonish, and we're just gonna ridicule each other, and it's gonna be really fun. Yeah, it's gonna be probably <laughs> vicious. So probably <laughs> that's gonna be the entertainment aspect of it. Yeah, it'll I guess. be entertaining for sure. I think both but of you yeah. have. I, I told him both of you have great like podcast energy and voices, so I feel like that'll be really good. On about me, I, I can't can't stand my voice. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel the same way about mine. So. <laughs> But you, you actually, whatever. I, I mean, I get it because we're very biased, our own worst critic. Yeah. But you actually have a good radio voice. It's not. No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you knew, like, the hazing that I've gotten in my life, you would. But you know how, like, one little comment will stick with you forever? It's probably the same it's thing true. for you. Yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I, no, I was just going to say that we did, uh, I mean, we did three movies before Shawshank uh, once. That's and- right. Once. What we do in the shadows. We were um, Oh yeah, we did what we do in the shadows. That's Halloween like the, month. Um I think that's the first time I saw it too, if I remember correctly. I think you were watching the show at that point, right? Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure you had some familiarity with it when I mentioned it. Okay, okay. I couldn't remember. Cause sometimes, you know, well once I definitely had only seen when you Yeah, once it, was yeah. definitely a movie where you had like you hadn't seen it yet. And I was yeah. like, very nervous about, I don't know. You could go either way on this ending. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. Hated <laughs> it. Saw it once it. and never again. <laughs> Good title. Yes. But um, we're talking about a, a different movie today. And yeah, want to remind my guests, the, uh, the guests actually picked the movie. People always message me and they say, is it okay if I pick this movie or the next time you talk about this movie? And I'm like, funny thing. I don't pick them. You pick them. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you want to talk about it, I'll talk about it. But uh, what movie did you choose to talk about today? Uh, Lady Bird. I am yeah. so glad you picked this one. Uh, this I can't believe it wasn't taken. Um, I know. I feel like, do you feel like when it came out, a lot of people acted like, oh, this is like overhyped Oscar nonsense. And po- it's like, possibly, but not nearly as much as I'm sure there were other movies that year that True. Like Shape of Water got more backlash than, oh, than Lady Bird did, even before it won mm-hmm. Best Picture. But I, I put this movie off. I didn't see it right away. Um, I think I, I think somebody convinced me to watch it, and then I did, and I was like, wow. You know, like, well, sometimes a, a new director will get buzz, mm-hmm. um, and you're like, oh, but, you know, this is like yeah. the first film. It's going to be a kind of a experiment you know you'll see the potential Nah, this is a real solid movie like it surprises me i I know she's done other things but this is like her first solo for greta gerwig and it is a really good film it's like of this genre it's probably one of my favorites yeah like the coming of age Mm -hmm. type i feel like the best coming of age movies have come out recently like i mean i know that's probably recency bias but with (laughs) this and book smart edge of 17 um I'm sure there's others. Uh, oh yeah, but you know, I, there's others I latch onto that are older. But I feel like the, I don't know, I, I don't, I, they're just getting better because they're being told differently. Agreed. Like they're definitely fresh. Um, yeah. And in a perspective, well, I mean, part of it might be because like in later Lady Bird, it takes place in the early 2000s, and that's mm-hmm. like when I graduated high school. So I'm gonna yeah. resonate more with that than you know with some other movies. Uh, yeah, that could be part of it too. But yeah, I I really liked this. Um, didn't see it in theaters, but really enjoyed it when it came out. Oh man, I did. And um, talk oh, about a movie I've did. I've nearly <laughs> done a 180 on um, because oh, really? yeah, I remember leaving the theater like and giving it. I think I was on Letterbox at the time, and I gave it like a. 
like three and a half stars or something because there were some like immediate gut reaction was like there were some good moments in there but i didn't understand the ending like at all mm. um just like I, I didn't even bother to try to understand the ending <laughs> i was just kind of like how are you gonna end your movie like that and i was just like up in arms about it and um i don't know this is probably the maybe one of the only movies where i could listen to greta gerwig talk about this movie for and i have i've listened to her talk about it for hours and it's like the more i hear her talk about it the more i like appreciate the movie mm, which isn't a normal it's not a normal thing for me I, I normally just kind of do my own i don't know come to my own conclusion whatever like we all do whenever you finish a movie um but i was just compelled to listen to what she had to say and she, she had she put so much thought into every detail of this movie and you can tell it's uh, clearly like something she's thought about for a long time, especially because she came from Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that about the director sort of enhancing it. I was watching a, uh, like a director conversation on Netflix and it was between Alfonso Cuaron and Guillermo del Toro. And they were talking about a movie that I saw, I think last year called I'm no longer here. And uh, I saw it and it really just, struck a chord with me it impacted me i really loved it nobody's seen it <laughs> that i know of it was on netflix for a while um but i watched their director you know chat which is weird that it's on now i don't know if it came out earlier than now but it was on now on netflix and i watched it and i was like it was really validating because they were just talking about like the potential of the movie how different it is and all this other stuff mm -hmm. and i was like yeah you know sometimes getting to hear either the director or even like another director talk about a movie can really change how you view that film. Yeah. And so I, th I think, um, I don't know. I think 2017 when this came out was the year I really started doing or listening to director podcasts like director's oh, guild okay, and stuff like that. So listening to Jordan Peele talk about get out around that year too mm. was really enlightening that movie. I already love that movie though. So it, yeah, it was I just like that too, but it yeah, just made I, me I imagine that's... appreciate it even deeper. Um, right. Yeah, I just I could just listen to directors talk like all day. Yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. same. <laughs> um, so before I keep going, though, uh, this is not a spoiler free podcast. Not that this movie hinges on really. No, dire there's no spoilers. big reveal. Yeah, there's know, no yeah. real big reveal here. But um, if you haven't watched it yet, I would pause, watch it, come back. If you're still here, here is the uh, summary. Uh, a nurse works tirelessly to keep her family afloat after her husband loses his job. She also maintains a turbulent bond with a teenage daughter who is just like her, loving, strong-willed, and deeply opinionated. And normally I don't pick summaries that short, but I mean, that's that's essentially what happens in the movie. So, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a couple of quick facts I wanted to share. And the first one was that this movie takes place from 2002 to 2003 personal note i think i graduated this is sad i'm getting this old i think i graduated high school in 2002 i'm never <laughs> sure, sure. I say that <laughs> um, i would have to look at my yearbook uh the time when greta gerwig graduated from saint francis catholic high school in her hometown of sacramento california uh, gerwig wanted to avoid making a contemporary movie as she didn't feel confident telling a story revolving around teenagers who are obsessed with their smartphones, which is so weird to think about. And so true. Mm -hmm. Like it's so cringy too. Anyway, when directors are like, I'm going to make a teen movie and you're just like, I mean, you're like our age and cringing, wondering what young people think of the movie, but yeah, I just feel like it's a lot easier to just, you know, tell your own story, pick your own time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I don't begrudge her that at all. That's actually yeah. a really smart move. <laughs> Especially because there's no nostalgia pieces for this era. Almost none. Not yet. Although I wonder what younger people think watching it. Like maybe they do watch it and think it's full of nostalgia. We just can't tell because we're like, no, that just happened 20-something years ago. Um, The movie is Greta Gerwig's first solo as a director. She did co-direct Nights and Weekends in 2008 with Joe Swanberg. Which, by the way, huge gap. 2008 to 2017. Um, I didn't even know that. Was that on IMDb or something? Yeah, I pulled it off. Uh, it's like one of their facts on IMDb. I just combed through and I'm like, which ones do I think are interesting? And that I didn't know. I didn't know that at all. I mean, I knew she co-wrote with uh, Noam Baalbach, who's like her life partner and stuff. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, like she... she's worked on TV mostly, right? Or uh, no, um, I don't know about any of her TV credits, if I'm honest with you, but I, I do know that about her collaborations with Noah Baumbach, uh, okay. who's who's done. Uh, for those that don't know, but probably do because they go listen to this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's done, um, you know, Mistress America with her. Uh, I think she, I think she 100% wrote Francis Ha, which yes, I believe that he directed. True. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Because um, I used and, to think that was one of her movies. Like I thought she directed that until. Yeah, I. It's just very much got her energy uh, yeah. spread all throughout it. It's a funny movie. There's like a dinner scene in that movie that's like kills me um or she just doesn't know how to conduct herself with like adults it's just really funny uh i think no she wasn't in while you're, while we're young but that's yeah that's a, mean, that is a noah Baumbach movie and it's really good people may have seen her acting before you know yeah greenberg acting uh with with noah Baumbach directing and writing mm-hmm. and that's a ben stiller movie and um basically that's all i knew her from was that yeah, I did not. I was. I hadn't even seen Frances Ha, so I, I did not. I was not familiar with her, but this definitely made me an Insta fan. Um, the last thing that I had was that the popularity of this movie spawned walking and running tours of Sacramento, California uh, that, locations wow. in the movie. Mission accomplished. I bet she has to feel good if she read that or whatever uh, about about that fact <laughs> because I mean she does have a pretty deep love and appreciation for Sacramento, even though. Yeah. The main character is kind of conflicted about her relationship with Sacramento, um, or at least she comes off that way. But even uh, by the end of it, you know, she comes to realize that oh, I actually love where I'm from. Yeah, and and um, and I agree with you. That's got to be really gratifying to Greta because mm-hmm. you know when you write about your own experience and and you know she's filling it with so much love, like as kind of like the nun says in the movie to to, to yeah. uh, Christine, but. Um, you know, it, it really comes across. And I didn't know that about, you know, the tours in Sacramento, but I think maybe some of that is because like, not that I've been to Sacramento specifically a lot, but I have a lot of family in California. And so hmm. I've been to a lot of California cities. So to oh. me, I'm just like, oh yeah, th- this place, that place. And so I didn't think about the fact that like, if you haven't been there, yeah, you'd be like, oh, I want to go to the places in this movie. Right. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd want to, I mean, just because everything's been shot in California. Um, yeah, true. <laughs> I've only been there once and it was, uh, my brother was like uh, stationed over there when he worked and worked in whatever you want to call it, enlisted, was enlisted in the Air Force. And uh, he, he, it was more on like the San Jose side, or at least that's where we landed. And then it was like mm-hmm. another hour or so until we got to where he was. Um, that's the only place I've been. And I, so California has like been like, Oh, on my list of shame yeah. in terms of travel places, <laughs> I, I haven't been to that place, like that state 
Well, a lot of places that I went to growing up, like we would make this every, every year, every couple of years, give or take, we would go to California, but most of my family lived uh, in Bakersfield or uh, I think in mission for a while, or maybe they live in mission now, but I didn't do fun stuff. It was like, we, you know, take grandma up there and then we visit all these missions and things like that. <laughs> like, oh. was, like I would always be like, this sucks. Like on TV, they go to like Hollywood and I'm always like yeah. all these missions. Um, so I did get to see some stuff. Like I, rem- I remember my dad driving me around Pasadena and going, Hey, this is where uh, they filmed, um, you know, like I think it was, Oh, not Pasadena, San Dimas. That's where they filmed like, yeah. uh, why can't I say the name of this movie? Uh, I Keanu Reeves. Uh, Sandy. Oh, Bill and Ted. Or? Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. That's oh, what okay. I don't know why I couldn't say that. I don't name. know why my brain wouldn't let me because th- I my when you hear that you would Wayne's think World instead, but I knew it wasn't Wayne's World. Okay, yeah. Right. So to rephrase, my dad used to like he drove me around San Dimas, and he was like, "This is where Wayne's World was, honey," or not Wayne's World, Bill and Ted was, honey. And I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> that's like one memory I have of being there. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, anyway, uh, I got off track, saw uh, when I'm on my tangents. But yeah, so I, I but I do want to go see the places in this film, and and I think that that's great that yeah. she she was able to communicate that but um do you want to talk a little bit about the cast next yeah um i mean this is one one of the best especially in retrospect even though we're only four years out but this is like one of the best indie casts ever until i guess she does a little women um yeah, true. because when you look at the supporting characters the supporting actors they've gone on to do i mean i specifically am thinking of timothy chalamet and oh yeah he's like exploded um, right and and beanie feldstein who who went on to do like book smart and i think she's gonna be monica Lewinsky too oh really that's yeah. awesome <laughs> uh but uh so so i mean in terms of those two people the cast is amazing um but laurie metcalf is like some inspired casting it really is. She seems like an authentic mom in the mm-hmm. movie, and it's. And I didn't even know she had a first name the entire time. I've I've watched this movie like six times. No, didn't know she had a first name. I just called her mom. mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned on Wikipedia this week that her name is Marion. <laughs> That's yeah, how good she is. They say her name a lot, or if at all. No, I don't think they do. I think maybe maybe the dad does. I don't even know the dad's name either. Um, but they just seem like quintessential like parents, you know, they really like they're just bona fide parents. And you, uh, I don't know, they just they just play them so brilliantly. And but those are, that's some inspired. Tracy Letts, I understand being in an A twenty four movie. He's been in a few. Um, he's he's a you know he's he's I don't know. He appears in indie movies a lot. Um, but, uh, Laurie Metcalf though, that's some really inspired casting and, and turned out to be the best choice because she just killed it and all apologies to whoever won the Oscar, but you shouldn't have won. (laughs) I don't even know who won. (laughs) I can't remember who won. It's going to drive me crazy now. Um, I can't remember either. It's hard. They all start to kind of blend together. I'm like, I remember now. I remember now it was Allison Janney and I, Tanya. Oh, well, Allison Janney was really good in that. She was good in that, but like. I feel weird about that movie. Like I enjoyed watching it and I really shouldn't have. <laughs> like they were playing the abusive moments for laughs almost. And I felt really uncomfortable with that. That's yeah. I did notice that, especially with Sebastian Stan's character. 
I noticed it specifically with Allison Janney because like uh, she had all like the quote unquote funny lines that were pretty much abusive. But, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember people being mad about that movie and saying things like, oh, they're trying to make her out to be a good person. And I was like, I didn't read it that way. At I all. didn't get that at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I read that she was a deeply flawed person that yeah. had a lot of factors that led to what she did. But it, I don't think the movie excuses her. I mean, it, she even says at the end of the movie, like, this is how I see it, not necessarily reality. Right. Um, it was more I'm, like a character study to me than it was like, a, oh, actually, Tanya Harding is a great person. <laughs> you know? Right. No, I didn't take that away from it at all. Yeah. Um, I, I did actually like the movie. It was just, um, I don't know, Laurie Metcalf, the, her performance basically just had her convince me nuanced. that she's my mom in the movie, which is... I feel like a little bit harder to do. <laughs> well, yeah. And it could also, you know, one thing that I noticed about this movie that's different from other coming of age stories is we're used to sort of like the closed off, somewhat emotionally distant father figure that right. can tend to be a little bit mean, have a little bit of an edge to him, tough love kind of stuff. I don't know that I've ever seen the mother portrayed that way and in a positive way, because right. usually when women are portrayed, especially moms this way, I feel like usually they're just the bad guy yeah. and she's so nuanced and layered. And I think that's a really challenging role. Like how do you, you know, how do you be funny, but also sometimes she's, you know, biting. Um, yeah. And yet, you know, when, when Sarah C. Ronan as Lady Bird in the movie says like, she has a really big heart and she loves me. Um, that's early on in the movie that. too. That's like, yeah. Like she knows this early on, even though they're already Arguing. at yeah. buttonheads. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, how do you get that across? Because she could have said that and we watch it and go, no, your mom sucks. You know, like, right. it's just the writing is really good. And I agree. The performance is really good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I if, so, Timothy Chalamet, too, is um, oh my God, he's kind perfect. of a show stealer. <laughs> uh, he's so good in that role. I was like, this is, is literally a guy from my high school that I was <laughs> in love with and later would have been like, I'm so stupid. <laughs> so perfect. I can't say I, I knew a lot of people like him because I wouldn't have been friends with somebody like him. Uh, but if you're a girl, you'd be like, he's cute. It's okay that he treats me like garbage. Like I'm serious. Yeah. Like it's just, he'd seem cool and confident. And I, and I, especially maybe just in the early two thousands, I would have been the, so dumbstruck by that. I would have Right. Been right. The movie makes me know. appreciate the fact that it's written by a woman because I was a dude. I'm like watching it going, what's with this guy? Like, why do people like this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I think they give him a little bit. There's like things that happen in the movie that make you kind of understand him a little bit, though. Mm-hmm. I think Greta Gerwig does a good job of like all the characters in the movie. Uh, they've got layers, that. and and even he has layers. I think. I mean, he's being a dick, but I think yeah. he's got more going on. But he's he didn't he didn't really start as a dick. I mean, sometimes he has good points, but it's kind of like okay, well, you don't need to like brush everything else off just because yeah. there's a war in Iraq or whatever. Like, <laughs> No, I, th- I felt like it all had to do with his dad and his dad having cancer. Like, that's how I read yeah. it. Yeah. Like, that's, yes, that's and where... they did cut a scene that was more ex- explicit about that because you really oh. have to be paying attention to catch that detail. But like, oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, he, Timothy Chalamet is uh, even like jokingly bitter about it uh, during an interview. And he says that like there was a scene where they're at a funeral and he's hugging like his family and stuff. Uh, but it's not in the movie. So like nobody can sympathize <laughs> with him really a hundred percent. I did hear in the interview. He was like, by the way, I'm nothing like that guy. <laughs> like I am not like that. <laughs> they do. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's been, he's even told stories about like be just being at a coffee place and somebody's like eyeing him. And he's like, Oh, this person must know me from call me by your name. And 
uh, and the person's like, the person that's looking at him is like, are you the douchebag from Lady Bird? Oh, no. <laughs> like, that's all he like. Well, now he can be bored. At that time, that's all he was known for. Now he's, yeah. uh, you know. And soon Ma did, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like when he's Laurie, he's so precious and wonderful, you know. So he mm-hmm. has that now. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, him. It, oh, my gosh. His delivery of the line, that's hella tight. Like, I just, makes me laugh so freaking hard every time. It makes me mad that we said that back then. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds so dumb. <laughs> I honestly, I don't think we did. I think it's just him. <laughs> it's just him. He's the only one. I hope right. that's true. I mean, there's no evidence, but I hope not. Right. Uh, uh, Beanie Feldstein's really great. Um, I'm kind of dancing around, I guess, Saoirse oh, no, Ronan, no, no. even though she's, she's amazing. Awesome. It's but it's so um, weird to go back and see this movie and be like, oh, yeah, her. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know her so well now. She's got that. She's got a great scene, uh, which we'll we'll talk we'll talk about the scene soon. But yeah, she's got a great like performance near the end of it, I guess. Um, oh yeah, her little. They also fire. cut out a scene where it was like everything was like a nice had a nice bow, and Lady Bird was like saying goodbye to everybody. Mm. Like, I like that better though because I think that's more realistic. I agree. I agree, and, and Greta Greta said something like. Uh, well, I mean, it felt like the stories had already concluded, and I didn't really need to include an explicit goodbye. Like people just kind of move on. Um, so she just cut. Those are like the only three scenes that she cut is like the Kyle funeral, whatever scene for his dad, um, and then Ladybird saying goodbye to uh, uh, Julie. Who's Julie? Uh, and <laughs> that's like an ongoing <laughs> thing in the movie. Uh, <laughs> And uh, she she said goodbye to somebody else too. I can't remember who it was, um, but they cut it out. And I'm kind of like grateful that when you hear some of these stories, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. you know what? You're right. You're good for cutting those. <laughs> actually, it's already a good movie have, like, as it is. Labored so. the ending, I think, and taken away from some of the impact. Yeah, because I, I mean, that. and also the character at this point still, she's like kind of selfish. So mm-hmm. seeing her like tearful goodbyes to everybody wouldn't really make sense yeah and you wouldn't really feel it as much Mm -hmm. you'd just kind of be like all right whatever you're whatever like (laughs) you're moving (laughs) on i don't really care about your sadness right now you're kind of been you've kind of been impossible the entire movie um right which is another aspect i love about i don't know the entire movie really is like that this the lead character is not this person that i mean you do want to root for her I don't know. There's something very realistic about her, the way she's written and performed. Yeah, probably because she's kind of based a little bit, at least, on Greta Gerwig's experience. Not entirely. Right. She, she did say she was a goody-goody, so yeah. she wasn't really like this. But there's a raw honesty to the character and the fact that she even, the actor sort of resembles Greta in some ways. Like You just feel like this is a real honest look at somebody like this mm-hmm. instead of you know a caricature of that person she's definitely layered also my favorite word this podcast but um, yeah it's <laughs> she's it's a layered uh, movie there's a lot of layers going there's on so here. many layers um yeah. but yeah like she layer I bird, yeah. <laughs> layer bird. Um, <laughs> she she is uh you don't hate her or at least i didn't when i watched i didn't that. no i didn't hate anybody i have a really hard time empathizing with people that hate this movie because ladybird's annoying or whatever it, it, it blows my mind and it, and it's usually older people like maybe a generation um 
what's ahead or behind behind us i guess you would say you behind know us, what? Right? i'm actually thinking of a friend of mine that complained about this movie to me and said like something like i get it she's a teenager and thinks she can do whatever she wants and doesn't care about her parents i don't want to hear about this she should have been grateful and i was like surprised at that response yeah. but they were older than me and i still feel like once we get to a certain point we forget what it was like to be young yeah. and this is like probably the most shameful part of being young is just how dumb you are about stuff like this very very <laughs> self-centered at that age honestly yeah. and, it's the uh... worst age i mean people always say that but like when you watch this you you or at least I think of things that I said and did, and I'm like, God, she could go back in time and slap me. <laughs> yes, yeah, there. Are th- I mean, I was a total, uh, I was uh, almost an irredeemable dick uh, when I was in uh, high school. Um, I, ca- I can't even come up with any excuses for it because I had a good time in high school. Like I was in theater, um, so those are my friends. Were all the theater kids? So you can imagine oh, so you, I, I related to this movie. More, yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't try to abandon my theater friends for quote unquote cool kids. Uh, that never happened. Um, but it is interesting to watch that unfold and, and it exa- unfolded exactly the way I thought it would. Like yeah, you eventually yeah. you're like, these cool kids aren't really that cool. Are they? They're kind of, they're kind of lame and adrift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're trying to figure it all out too, but they're more. They're just meaner. <laughs> yeah. They're just meaner about it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, I don't know. So my, my recollection, and at least I've been told by my parents and, you know, um, like my my sister-in-law and stuff, because she lived with us for a brief time when I was in high school. I was just impossible when I would get home. I was just like, nobody talked to me and stuff like that, you know? like Oh my gosh, like dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I, I took the theater home with me, I guess. And uh, <laughs> Being a teenager I wasn't, is dramatic, though. It, it's a tough time. I wasn't like, um, I don't know, cussing everybody out and like shouting and abusive and stuff. I mean, I was shouting and stuff, but it was it was like inanimate stuff. <laughs> like my <laughs> computer wouldn't work and I'd shout. Uh, but but it, I just didn't. I just wasn't. I felt like I wasn't a good person. But I don't know. I, it was really just the fact that I was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> I will say for me, like, um, not so much how she acts at school and not who she is, but. Her relationship with her mother does remind me a lot of the one with my mom because Mm -hmm. it was contentious, like a lot of daughters say, and it was probably the worst at this point. This was really when we weren't communicating and around 18, I think I even moved out of my mom's house. I just couldn't do it anymore. We had to separate for a while and then kind of come back together. Um, And we have a great relationship now, but I really relate to this movie because I think the mother character reminds me, honestly, a lot of my mom, I'm scared if she ever listens to this, she's going to get mad at me. (laughs) She will. She'll be like, you made me sound mean and I can't believe this. And I'm a private person. (laughs) Like she is kind of like this character, but um, she was very serious and very like, I don't want to say like balloon popping, but you know, when I would come up with these like really ridiculous ideas of where my life was going to go, she would be like, yeah, that's nice. You should go to school and mm-hmm. uh, get good grades and consider your future. And, you know, she was definitely, you know, if there's a good cop, bad cop with parents, she was the bad cop. And it took me a long time to appreciate that. So it's hard for me to watch this even now without like crying because I'm just it's so it feels so familiar. Like, yeah, it's so beautiful just because I love the way that Greta wrote the mother character and how, you know, as a kid, you can't really see when somebody gives you tough love that it is love. But as you get older, you're like, man, 
that's a tough position to be in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think, um, my mom was like that myself. I just feel like I was like Lady Bird in a lot of senses where (laughs) I was just like, everything was a problem that, uh, I would just invent problems when I was at home, you know? Um, and that's kind of more or less, I mean, granted Lady Bird had a more combative mother and stuff. (laughs) They didn't really, they butted heads a lot more. Yeah. Um, because her mom was just, I don't know. Her mom had a lot of your disappointments in her life and <laughs> she didn't want, her mom didn't want her to like suffer the same disappointments that she had. So yeah. Plus her relationship with her mother was, was bad. Yeah. She mentions my mom yeah. was an abusive alcoholic and I'm like, Oh, that puts everything kind of together. It, it does. It's like, she's actually an amazing loving mom when you think yeah. about what she's been through, but right. You know, it is a tough point in her life, too, in the mom's life. And that's something as a teenager you could never grasp, that no. anybody else is having a tough time except that's, you. That's my biggest issue with the people that just like Lady Bird's impossible to deal with, yada, yada. She should be grateful is, do you really think you were 100% grateful all the time when you were a teenager? Like, can yeah. these people 100% tell me that, like, in all seriousness, without feeling like they're misremembering things at I don't, I don't really know. I don't know if I buy that. Some of the, some of the other kids in the movie are, but it's because they've had a tougher time. Like, uh, right. the, 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 I guess the son, I can't, okay. So their, their son, he is, uh, foster, right. Or is he fully adopted? I can't remember. I just accepted him as adopted. I didn't okay. really, I, I was, I'm probably I missed a remember. detail on it as I was writing notes or something. No. But no, you're fine. Like I probably, I don't know. You're probably right. (laughs) I just wasn't (laughs) sure which one it was. But But I know that they did take his girlfriend in because she had a bad situation at home. And so they are way more street smart, I think. Mm -hmm. They're more aware of how life actually is and how how their parents could actually be. And instead they've got these two loving people that took them in when their family were not, either were not able to or did not do that, you know? Right. So they, they have a different perspective than Lady Bird, but that's because they're not in the bubble that Lady Bird is where her parents sort of insulated yeah, her like a lot true. of our parents do. And so we never have to think about, you know, where they came from and what they're going through until it's like we expect teenagers to just magically do that at 18. Like, OK, you're old enough now. Now you should just understand <laughs> how things are. And it's like it, it takes time to get there. And, and no, Lady it- Bird does evolve as this movie goes on, but it takes time. Took me a few years to appreciate, you know, I don't know, the things my parents will, my mom, whatever, however you want to look at it. My parents both were were doing for me um, because it, it was a couple of years after high school that I finally moved out. You know, I I had all these missteps along the way. See, this is what I mean by the mom. The mom <laughs> character wasn't my mom because my mom let me make my mistakes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my parents um, did too. I, I hope I didn't make my mom seem too harsh. Like, I, I, I lived at home forever, which... Part of that could be because I'm Mexican too, but <laughs> we don't leave. You know, if 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 You're my still dad there right now, his, yeah. If my dad had his way, I would I would be? He used to say he was going to build me an extra room in the backyard, and I was like, nope, <laughs> so get ready. But yeah, like um, you know, they she certainly didn't kick me out or anything. <laughs> uh, I just yeah, I um, I definitely didn't have the the whole you know you need to do this in college and that in college. It was kind of like. I had the choice of either doing college or not and whatever happened was fine with them as long as I just 
if I didn't go to college, I had a job or something like that. Oh, gotcha. They, were yep. just, they didn't really push that on me, um, which uh, I respect. And at the same time, I kind of wish they did, you know, because. <laughs> yeah, I have friends that had stricter parents and they did do a lot better in school. And they got further. So I'm like, hey, maybe you should have been meaner to me. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, let's let's all, let's transition and talk about some of our favorite uh, scenes in this movie. Oh, I think my favorite one, bar none, is the, I mean, it has to be the coach trying to teach drama, right? Like, <laughs> I always forget about that part until I watch it again. And then yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, bless his heart. It's he's the funniest it. part of the movie. <laughs> these, these white lines are singing. Yes. There's, and he's like squiggling. <laughs> <laughs> this is really good. Seven, eight, nine, you go, you go. And the kids are like writing ferociously. It's so funny. And my understanding is Greta didn't really script that. That was a lot of that was improvised by the actor. That um, makes sense. It, most of what she does and Noah Baumbach too, the way they write is every little line and beat is scripted almost like a stage play. Oh. Um, so uh, that was like the only thing they didn't really script. They just kind of let him go. Um, but he didn't, he nailed it. That was like my favorite scene. Um, easily. <laughs> uh, Cause I just didn't picture that ever happening. You know, um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just something that you think, it's something you don't think you see on screen. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> like but a sports like coach using a sports method to teach drama is so freaking ridiculous. But I feel like that happened a lot in school, though, where like, you know, coaches would end up in positions that they didn't really, they mm-hmm. weren't really qualified for. <laughs> yeah. I, Greta mentioned something about she had a coach that taught math or something. And you're like, this yeah. is what? This is very confusing. I definitely went to a school like that where things <laughs> like that happened. I at least had at least had a coach that taught health. See, that's close. And then know, another that taught bit. like Texas history or something like that. Mm. Yeah. And I went to private school for some of the time. So, but it was like a Protestant private school. So we definitely had chapel and all that good stuff too, but I never went to Catholic school. So Nick probably went yeah. more to that. My husband, since he went to Catholic school for a long time. Oh, interesting. My uh, my mom did too, but that was you know that was a long time. I'm you know, definitely not going to relate to a mid two thousands movie. <laughs> yeah, when it. we were kids, you know, it was more like, oh, if we send you to the private school, you'll get a better education. You know, so that's. I imagine that's probably part of why the uh, uh, her mom sent exactly. her. Exactly, it's like a huge sacrifice, especially for that mm-hmm. family because they they are struggling financially. So, and that's a reason. Right. That's the other reason why a lot of the kids that she's around are so much uh, more well off than she is. Yeah. Yeah. This movie uh, has like an under, is underbelly the right word? I don't know. Where it's almost like the death of, the slow death of the middle class. For sure. For sure. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. I mean, there's, it's some like pretty and pink stuff going on, but, but Mm -hmm. more nuanced than that. And uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. And like that experience of like not really being able to afford to be there, but barely getting in. I mean, that was mm-hmm. my experience and it was um, some of my close friends that went to, it was like their parents would work at the school or, you know, we would get some kind of scholarship so I could go, you know, right. things like that. So yeah, I think I never thought of it in that context, but yeah, that that's pretty accurate. I can't remember if it was Greta that said that, or I think it was just a critic that made the um, parallel, but I think that was very conscious what Greta did to include all the talk about... Um, or, or the scenes, I should say, of the parents together trying to work out how they're going to pay bills and the dad losing his job. Because this is like pre-crash or whatever, yeah, 2008. 2008 or, yeah. But things are still shifting 
downward yeah. wow. uh, at this stage in the 2000s. Gosh, um, I never thought about that. Yeah. So they definitely made sure to include that also as a means to to uh, to stress why where the mother's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's under a lot of pressure in this movie, and that feels yeah. pretty realistic too. Like, you know, I can think of times in my parents' lives where they were under a lot of pressure, and I didn't realize it because I was a kid. And as an adult, I'm like, oh. No, yeah. <laughs> I feel my that. mom would tell me that she would work overnight while she had three, you know, there were three kids. There were three Yikes. of us. Wow. And uh, I, this is when I was like two or three or whatever. So my siblings were also very young um, and they're all older than me, but they were also very young. So like she would work overnight and my dad worked during the day. And now, now, now that I work overnight and I can just sleep cause I I'm, I'm single. I just have a dog and he does, he's on my schedule. So he doesn't care. <laughs> Uh, now that I think about working overnight and just imagining having like three kids, I'm like, so you just never sleep then? Like, and she said she did it for years, like way longer than I've committed to the overnight. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine. Um, Yeah. So, uh, that's just something that you're bliss, totally blissfully unaware of as a kid. Um, if you're, if you're, I mean, if, at least if your parents are like care about hiding that from you, Mm -hmm. hiding that struggle from you. Yeah. Yeah, you just absolutely. blissfully unaware of that as a kid, unless they, unless they're the type of parents that just want to rub it, rub their sacrifice in your face all the time, <laughs> which is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like they're five; they're not going to understand. <laughs> Don't you see what I'm sacrificing? Yeah, it's mean. You not get it? What I do? It's like me explaining that to my dog. Right? Like, I mean, it would make sense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You understand everything I have to do for my job? And he's like, I just was. Moving my bed around. Yeah, he's like, I need my kibble. That's about it. So I'm happy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh man. So uh, on another, I think second favorite scene has to be the opening, right? Like the uh, the car scene. That that sold the whole movie to me. I think (laughs) it did. Yeah. I think people had told me to watch it, but then I saw that clip of that uh-huh. happening and I went, well, I'm going to watch that right now. <laughs> exactly. It's so good. And that's the, the best part of that. I, I love that, that that was the opener of the movie because that was the thing in the trailer that uh, pretty much sold it for me, even though I knew about the buzz because I was on Twitter, film Twitter and stuff like that. Um, all the critics were raving about the movie already. So I was already excited for it based on that because um, I will blindly follow critics. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I will do it. I will do it. And sometimes they're wrong, but a lot of times this time they right. weren't. Yeah. Yeah, most of the I would say the track record's really good. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest about yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but so uh, that 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 specific moment in the trailer because was I feel like that was selling it 100 percent because everything else in the trailer and oh my god I was in the movie theater so much that year cause, especially because I was writing for uh, a couple websites at, at that mm-hmm. time um, that uh, I saw that trailer like I countless times more than I can count on. Two hands, I, I would say. So I was really getting really irritated seeing that trailer pop up. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, the freaking beats in this trailer are so annoying. <laughs> um, except for that car scene. That car scene was just so brilliant. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I love the way that it builds, too, because, I mean, you immediately see the difference between the two of them. Mm-hmm. It's Obviously, it's generational. Um, but, uh, like, I don't know, mentally and stuff, because they, they finish – like bonding and crying over this like audiobook which or whatever felt very familiar to me. I remember so many road trips where we would listen to audiobooks like that. So I was like, wow. I literally never did that. We always did music. We always pumped up like 
music everybody liked in our family. Oh, that's that's nice. Which is normally <laughs> classic rock or something. No, it was always like books on tape for me. <laughs> so I, really I, I kind of wish that we did that. Otherwise, because <laughs> I'd probably be more of a reader if we were if we did that. Well, I mean, I'm not, so <laughs> I want oh, to be. Right. <laughs> I, was, I only read books like my friends write, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> line. I joined a book club, you know, during this whole pandemic thing. I'm trying, but, you know, not, I wouldn't say. Oh, you that. did? Yeah. Well, my friend Kara put like a, a feminist book club together. So it, it they finished, they finished that audio book and they're both emotional. And the mom is like, let's just, let's just sit with that. And that's such a generational <laughs> thing to, I mean, I feel like that's it an is. older generation thing to sit there because especially in the mid two thousands and onward it only got worse um kids are yeah. definitely not going to focus on one emotion at one time like we're now because i've adapted to this too you're just on social media all the time you're always doing something sometimes you're doing right, two or three right. things at the same time because <laughs> of how much is going on in social media um so uh just sitting there that's just not an option um so of course her brain starts going to existential what was me teenage stuff where it's like i wish i lived through something <laughs> it's such a great scene that's such a great line to start with too it's so dramatic oh man it's like 9 11 just happened and she's saying i wish i lived through something <laughs> it's insane. Uh, i remember yeah like dating a guy that used to say stuff like that that instead of having a job he wished he lived in a time of like just you know where he could like go on adventures and do physical things and blah, right. blah, blah. And I was like, Oh my God. I think she means she wishes she <laughs> lived through talking. like her, possibly her mom's time of like the seventies and being a rebel. Oh gotcha, Maybe, gotcha. maybe that's what she means. But when you think of it in the time that she's saying it, it's like nine 11 just happened. Like, it's like very toned yeah, up. Yeah. So bizarre. And, but that, that scene is very telling of, of who those characters are. Um, and, mm-hmm. and who we're going to be following the rest of the movie. And and the way that they're over-talking each other, I thought was brilliantly written. And it was, every, all of that was like entirely written like the way that, the the timing of how they interrupt each other was like written oh, gotcha. like exactly the way they say it. Um, Greta and Noah it. do that a lot. <laughs> like if you look at the Marriage Story script and stuff, like there's some examples of it on YouTube where they're talking when they, where they're talking over each other and stuff. All of that's written. Like Noah and Greta do that all the time in their scripts. Wow. And it's deliberate too. Like they're saying like good stuff. <laughs> it's like, you just yeah. go back and watch it again and listen to the other side. Um, uh, and yeah. And then of course it deteriorates into uh, you couldn't get into those colleges. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Which is such a brutal line, but it made me laugh. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, my God, who says that to their kid? Um, I feel like my parents. Yeah, (laughs) and it's just—it's honestly—it's just a fact of life. And even like, and even like her guidance counselor, which is another funny part, uh, says it later when she's exploring colleges, and she's like, "I want to go to like a Yale, but definitely not Yale because I couldn't get into Yale." And she just goes, "You definitely couldn't." (laughs) Such a funny moment. That was like the crux of the whole movie, I guess, was her saying, "I need to go." To this extremely expensive yeah. Ivy League school. She says at the very beginning of the movie, this is my journey, basically, in explicit words. I want to go where culture is, like New York. And then that's the whole movie is her trying to find a way to go to New yeah. York. It's, it's amazing um, that she's successful. I hate to say that, but. I know. It is pretty amazing, but it isn't. It's like, what, an art school or something? It's not yeah, like yeah. a. She's not going to like, yeah. NYU yeah, or right, something, right. right? It's not. 
it's attainable. But at the same time, New York's expensive, man. How? How? Just how? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Her parents greatly wow. sacrificed so that she could go there. That's all I can say. It's amazing to yeah. me. And I, I don't think she lasts a, um, if we're kind of speculating. Yeah, I feel like she She doesn't last a semester year. there. Yeah. Like, there's no way. There's no freaking no. way. Because I've been to New York yeah, for like same. two weeks. And that's, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot for somebody as sheltered as sh- that character is to experience. Yeah. Um, it's just such a, you think you experience the city when, you know, you go to places like here in Texas, especially when you go to like San Antonio or Austin. And sure, yeah, there's some city elements there, but it's not, it's nothing like New York City. I don't think anywhere is like New York City. No, I mean, nothing was has been built like yeah. New York City, you know, where it's. Just nothing but like high rises and stuff. It's just intense. The energy is intense. It's, yeah. Like I, it's, I, you know, Chicago, it's, it's Boston, a lot all the time. LA, none of it's like New York. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's pretty nuts. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I get the ambition to want to leave Sacramento for, which is at least, at least Lady Bird has decided is unromantic. It's an unromantic place. Which is so funny to me. So in your brain, you uh, Sacramento feels like to me, because I live in Plano, <laughs> Sacramento feels like the Plano of California a little bit. Yeah, it's like <laughs> when I was younger, I wanted to live in L.A. so bad. That was like my dream. Yeah. Everything was about getting the heck out of Texas and moving there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that. So I can kind of relate. So for her, New York is kind of like that to her, where it's like the opposite of where she is. Right. So I get that, but it's like also. I've I've told myself I wanted to go to uh, several locations, if I'm <laughs> honest. Uh, but yeah, like I told myself I was going to move to Austin, L.A. at one point, sure, but I never was serious about it's it because it's so expensive. I knew it would be, <laughs> even when I was thinking about it years ago. I knew it would be expensive. Um, New York was one. Even after I visited, um, it's just one of those because I was like in high school or something when I visited. Um, after I visited, I was telling myself, you know, I was an impressionable high schooler. So I was like, I'll, t- I'll totally live here, guys. I'm going to live here one day. That's, of course, that didn't happen. I mean, if um, you want to have five roommates. Yeah, exactly. And it's everything's overpriced. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing. It's the same dilemma as L.A., yeah. but, it's, but a, it's like slightly cheaper by like cents. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, every it's just way more crowded. Right. Um, so, uh, and nothing against New York because I am, I was born in New York, I'm, uh, but in upstate, I was born in upstate New York where it's more tolerable and there's much more, <laughs> more much more beautiful sights. There's not, I mean, not that New York City oh, isn't man, beautiful like, in its own way, all the people but I'm talking like have, mountains they've, and stuff. They've turned it off. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, yo, bippity boppity, what are you doing? I don't know. I can't do a New Yorker. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, okay. I keep derailing. No, you're fine. You're fine. (laughs) I don't even know where we left. So that car scene is great (laughs) to summarize. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) 20 minutes later. Um, What is one of your favorite scenes? Because I'm, I have to probably go through my notes. I think one of my favorites, I'm going to jump right to a really emotional scene to me is I really like the scene where they go dress shopping uh, for her prom and there's a that's, moment that's another yeah, one yes she's in both this. dress scenes actually really address uh dress shopping scenes really really got uh 
one of them makes me laugh and the other one is just really emotional. Yeah, I like the scene where she comes out and she's like, I love this. And her mom says, is it too pink? Because that was a, another very relatable. And then she's like, this one's too tight. And she's like, I told you not to have that extra pasta. And it makes you kind of almost mad because it's like she's this skinny teenager that looks perfect, essentially. But I remember my parents saying similar things to me, <laughs> like or my mom, at least. Your mom's always like, well, you know, eat your vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the the scene that really gets me is when they're kind of arguing and uh, Lady Bird says, do you like me? And her mom pauses for a second and says, I, I love you. I love you so much. And she comes out and goes, yeah, I know. But do you like me? Yeah. And that part hits me emotionally because I think that's something that parents can kind of forget when they're mm-hmm. in this sort of like combative, tough teenage years is you're arguing and arguing and arguing with your teenager. And it's understandable because you're having your, your budding heads. But it, it, after a while as a kid, you are like, do you like me? Or do you just like hate me and put up with me? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's a really tough moment for her. And then she says something. I want you to be the best version of yourself. She says, mm-hmm. and then she goes, what if this is it? And it, and mm-hmm. then she gives her that look like, this can't be it, which is really funny uh, because, <laughs> uh, and then she, but, but then she's also kicking herself right after she does it. Like, why couldn't I just say something nice to her? You can tell that. Her mom yeah. Yeah. Is you like, can see it in her face. Why yeah. did I do that? Why am I so defensive? Why am I so unable to show my daughter how much Lori I love Metcalf her? is so good yeah. to, to wear all that on her face. Yeah. Um, that is another dramatic teen moment too, where she's like, what if this is the best version of me? And it's like, I would have la- almost laughed in her face if, if, some, if, if my kid said that to me, like, just trust me. <laughs> 10 years from now, you're not going to be the same person at all. Yeah. But it's so hard <laughs> to see at that moment because then you're saying it's, it is, it's true. Don't. Yeah. When you're, when you're a teenager, everything, not that everything's the end of the world, but it feels like you're close to it. Yeah, uh, sure. So, but that, that's... I know where she's coming from for sure. Cause I've been there. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's very not, not with my mom, but I've been there. I've, been, I've felt that before, yeah. you know, but that happens. And then there's another scene where she's like cleaning up. She's screaming at her to clean up her bedroom. Uh, Cause she gets in mm-hmm. late and you know, the dad's like, come on, just let it go tonight because she's not really mad that her daughter didn't clean her room. She's really upset that her not. husband lost his job and that they're in, under so much pressure. And Lady Bird is yeah. an easy target. You know, she's a difficult teenager. Right. They are already, they already butt heads. Yeah. So yep. she turns around and just takes it all out on her daughter. And then, you know, Lady Bird turns around and says, wasn't there ever a time when you forgot to clean up your room? And I was like, man, I wish I was that smart when I was a teenager. I would have never even thought to say that. <laughs> That is such a biting, real thing to say. I never, my, you know, when I think about times where I butted heads with my parents, specifically over things like cleaning and I, and as an adult, I'm like, wow, they were under a lot of pressure and that's probably why they were acting like that. Cause it seems so insane to me as a kid and so unfair, but for her to turn around and say, Hey, have you ever been in this situation before? I thought was right. so smart. But then there's that really good line that we talked about earlier where she goes, my mother was an abusive alcoholic. And then she thinks about it for a second and leaves. And it's like funny on two levels. Cause it's like, number one, she's thinking about that. But then number two, she sort of undercuts what Lady Bird said. Like, well, my yeah. life was a lot harder. So I'm, I'm yeah, still exactly. winning. I'm still winning this. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's competition basically. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I wish I, oh man, I wish I had those lines, uh, <laughs> those types of lines in my pocket ready to go too. Um, but my arguments were much shorter. 
because I was normally wrong and I just kind of, you know, accept, you know, not accepted it, but eventually just learned to shut up. Yeah. Well, Lady Bird it. is a different kind of teenager, right? I mean, because that, that's another thing that I think makes the character kind of interesting and endearing is yeah. her quick wit is almost a little too smart for her, even though she's so dumb at the same time. Right. It's interesting balance of those two things. There's definitely, um, it definitely shows that like, at least Greta wrote her to be smarter than the average teenager and, yeah, and yeah. why she thinks that she can get into certain places. Yep. Yep. True. Um, yeah, that's a great scene. And, and the one before it where they're either dressed or just regular clothes shopping, I'm pretty sure it's a dress because the prom's coming up. Oh yeah. When they're at the thrift um, store. Yeah. And, uh, they're, they're arguing, but it's like lightly arguing. Yeah. And uh, the mom, oh my God, she does this passive-aggressive mom thing that I have, I've experienced before myself. Um, I'm sure we all have to some degree, you know, everybody can be passive-aggressive in their own way. But it's just like, um, the mom's like, are you tired? It's like, no. Oh, you're dragging your feet. So I didn't know if you were tired. Mom! Uh, and then it kind of spirals into like a whole like <laughs> teenager and mom argument. And uh, But it's like a light one. Yeah. Um, almost like a precursor to the big one where she's like, do you like me? Um, and uh, God, uh, that's when she says you're so, it ends with you're so infuriating. And then she <laughs> finds a dress and, and, and it's immediately like they forgot the argument was happening. And they're like, Ooh, that dress is nice. Like immediately. So real. So real. <laughs> it's too real, too <laughs> relatable. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Um, Cause that's how it goes. Absolutely. I also love, we talked about Timothy Chalamet uh, mm-hmm. The boy that he is in this movie is so, it's so funny because he thinks he's so brilliant and cool. And she thinks that at first. So he's really, he really plays that part really well. And I, I love the scene where he's like telling her, um, you know, someday everyone's going to have these cell phones. Or he goes, do you have a cell phone? She's like, no. He's like, good girl. Which you're like, Ugh. but <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you can be tracked or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, that's one step before they put him in her brains. And she goes, <laughs> and then he looks like so upset. And she goes, she looks at him for a second and goes, oh, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I really like that. I think that that should uh, tell you, or at least her, that uh, she's out of her element. Yeah. And these are the kids that she normally makes fun of for a reason. Yeah. And then, you know, with, with Julie, um, because they're just so, I mean, they have these, thoughts that just make no sense but they're trying to sound profound yes and he does that a Um, lot like you said later in the movie where he does this sort of like gaslighting thing where you know they they sleep together and you're you're choosing to be mad yeah you're choosing which i i swear to god i heard that as a teenager from guys it made me so mad to hear that Uh, like i'm like oh is this what women feel like oh yeah like like (laughs) that's what they're talking about when the dude's gaslight them and stuff like that because oh my god i would lose it i feel like it's less cool to do now but when i was younger like Mm -hmm. even the scenario of him being like oh yeah it's my first time too and then later going i never said that like that felt too real also um you know not not the exact same situation but just guys being a little misleading and then turning around and going what i never huh and so she um is understandably really upset about what happened and then he starts bringing up how many people have died in like Iraq 
I love yeah. that part. She goes, and when she screams in his like, face, shut the hell up. Oh my God. She's like, two things can be said at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And I love that so much. Oh, it was just so perfect. Cause I'm like, I do feel like we're in a place now in our society where we can look back and be like, this kid's a douche. But back then it was like, I do, I do have to say it, it is a familiar experience for me at least. <laughs> yeah. Having those kind of conversations. The the two things can be sad uh, at the same time thing is definitely a philosophy to carry over to uh, many places on social media. <laughs> I would just say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because some people just said, can't seem to grasp having more than one thought at the same time. <laughs> Impossible. I mean, yeah. you're being so emotional, you're choosing to be mad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was so upsetting to. Oh man, he and he sold that brilliantly. Yeah, too. he's so good. And then. I think the only redeeming thing that that character gets is when she's kind of storming out and then she sees his dad asleep and clearly very ill and she Mm -hmm. kind of pauses for a second, thinks about it. And yeah, I think that that enables her. She breaks up with him, but she's at least able to be like, huh, he's going through some stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. uh, um, That he was written to have something there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> to help redeem him a little bit at least because yeah. uh, well, I mean real people just can't uh, I, I you just can't be that person <laughs> but I'd like to think that with no explanation years later he would be like wow I was in a really dark place and mean to everybody and I grew from that you know let's mm-hmm. let's have a little ray of hope for that character <laughs> yeah but yeah good grief he, he's just in high school like everybody else true, though, true. so that's really what it is um Oh, uh, I liked uh, that Danny character, by the way, who um, was caught making out with a guy and he's gay. Oh, he does such a good job. I, yeah, I, Lucas Hedges is so I good. I love um, that guy. Like, yeah, he's so good in this movie, too. He plays that part perfectly. Yeah. And that scene they have together when they're kind of like finally talking about it, like parting, you know, yeah. it's like their final goodbye. And um, before they have like the 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 embrace where he's crying and she's kind of crying too she starts to well up too but right before that they're arguing about her her mom oh yeah you're and there's a funny scary. line where she's like you can't be scary and warm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> talking about her mom um i thought that was a really funny line but um yeah that's just so, like a like that's one of like the a good examples of like a scene where it's like what would you do in that scenario that's really like this dude that you or that she liked. Yeah. That he let her on, you know, but unintentionally. And he's rich. Right. Like he's the, you know, to bring it back to Pretty in Pink, she's, he's the James Spader of the situation. But, mm-hmm. you know, with a twist, because he has like the perfect life. Parents love him. He looks great on paper. But he's keeping this big secret from his family that would basically mm-hmm. make him an outcast. It would remove all his privileges almost. Right. Could potentially. Yeah, I mean, if you're at a Catholic school, especially. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like there's... So, like, yeah, that hug was just, like, so heartbreaking on two levels. Like, for him and, and for, for her, because she it was like she finally... It was like, at least on her face, it said that she understood what he was going through. Oh, for sure. Like, I think before, like she finally grasped she felt, what was happening. She felt like he was just intentionally deceiving her and using her mm-hmm. and didn't care about her. But in that moment, I mean, you know, she realized that he cared about her deeply as a friend and he didn't have anyone to turn to. 
So she yeah. decided to kind of in that moment be that person and, and their friendship is better for it after that. And he even says later in the movie, like, I miss all you guys. And I think it's true. He missed her family and friends and being there and being with her. He just wasn't romantically interested in her. Yeah, that was um, man, that scene is so good. Yeah. Those two together are just so good. Um, it, oh, oh, you mentioned the uh, the Kyle argument <laughs> right before that when they're doing it. And Kyle's orgasm is like, <laughs> yeah. he just goes, huh. <laughs> it's, it's just a sigh. I love how. And he puts his arms out like he's Jesus or something. It's so ridiculous. And I love how disappointing it is for her. And she goes, yes. I wanted it to be special, which I feel, I felt so, I felt that because yeah. growing up, you know, especially growing up religious, that was something that's always sold specifically to women. Like you've got to really mm-hmm. wait. Cause you know, it's going to be so, so special. <laughs> it's like, right. instead of giving people like sex education and the tools to have like good relationships um, and make well-informed decisions, you're just told, well, don't worry. The wait is worth it. It's going to be so special. And I just, I love that she says that and how naive that sounds like to an adult. Yeah. How, how relatable that sounds to a teenager, especially a teenage girl. Yeah. yeah I love that. But um Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah, that's it's so true though. It's it's like um you know, spoiler alert, some of the relationships you're in when you're young are not gonna end up seeming that special to you, but you don't want to tell he a teenager does, that, you know. And he's giving her like the thing is with Kyle too, he says a lot of things that are true, but you shouldn't really be saying them in the moment. Right, right, right. But because he says you're going to have a lot of unspecial sex in your life. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But it's so cynical, too. It's really pick a moment, bro. Like, pick a moment. I think he's just so disappointed with life in general that he's, yeah. he's able yeah. to, like, see something for what it is that a teenager that's full of ambition and hope isn't. This makes being an adult sound really sad. I don't mean it, too. But, you know, I'm just saying you, you have perspective as you get older that he's kind of unfortunately already got because of what he's going through with his dad, I think. Yeah, that's that's probably informing a lot of what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and then right after that, um, is this the I'm trying to think? Yeah, this is after the the uh, Ladybird and, mo- and and the mom have the argument um, where the dad's playing solitaire on the computer <laughs> um, about when she gets suspended, and um, Ladybird does the whole "give me a number so I can pay you back for Another everything." Another brilliant me. We Never line. have to talk to each other. Another brilliant line. Why didn't I? Think yeah. That? So many arguments. It's I know, right? It is. It also that. at the same time, it's very, it's a very high school thing that, and dramatic thing to say because, like, you're, of course, you're going to talk to your mom again. Get out of here. Uh, but it's also, it's also true that you can't hold that over your kids' heads. I mean, both things mm-hmm. are true. When when she says that to her parents, you know, it, it, I think most kids have felt that at one point in their life when their parents are really selling to them. Like, do you know how much I sacrificed? Do you know what I've done? It's like, okay, but I, 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 I didn't make you do that. You know, it's like, I don't, there's nothing I could do to repay that anyway. Um, That's so true. That's so so true. I think it's brilliant on, on both levels, but also an extremely dramatic thing to say. I'll never talk to you. The tiny moment of the dad uh, where they've already kind of established that he's dealing with depression Mm -hmm. um, and he's been dealing with it even when he was employed and stuff. And, but the unemployment's making it worse and how he's just kind of phoning in, in it, like in the parenthood part by just playing solitaire on the computer. Yeah. Um, But the imagery of him just, like, like they're in the middle of or about to start a big argument with Ladybird, and 
<laughs> and the, the image of like the mom breaking, like, like breaking her train of thought to be like, are you, bit, can you help with this? And he's like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was. I mean, he laughed about that moment. Yeah. He's not like emotionally available enough to deal with it. And to right. Ladybird, that seems like dad's perfect and is always on my side. And it takes her a long time to realize he's just emotionally unavailable right now because of what yeah, he's exactly. Not, he's yeah. dealing with so much. Yeah. Um, but but the scene, so this scene with Kyle, uh, where they kind of break up. Well, they're still going to go to prom yeah, together, which is but, weird. She shouldn't have done that. Um, but the <laughs> you know they have that big blow up, and even after that, uh, you know, Ladybird goes in the car. And the mom picks her up, even though it was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be your brother or something. Um, but uh, even then, you know, Labor cries and the mom's like holding her and stuff. Yeah, that's really And it's sweet. like nothing happened earlier, you know? It's, that's, it's just such a good that's, moment. That's that's what parenting must be like, because I remember. Yeah, for like real. That. Can we talk a little just bit about, uh, about Julie? Who's Julie? Who's Julie? <laughs> <laughs> that is such a funny... Uh, it's so funny to me because it's a little ridiculous, but also, I mean, if you're a self-centered teenager, it makes all the sense in the world that you don't know who Julie is, even though she sits like right behind you in so many classes. I mean, that, that sums up Julie's existence, unfortunately. Yeah, it really does. In high school, she's the invisible best friend, always, mm-hmm. always ever the cheerleader, always on your side and never really appreciated for it. Like there's so many times she undercuts even the small victories that Julie gets. Like when Julie gets that role in the play and she doesn't or is lower on the call sheet remember that and mm-hmm. she's kind of like all upset and and julie has to be like oh yeah I, you deserve that it's like so sad yeah but there's other things that. too that are um at least recognizable to me that uh ladybird does where she's like uh oh, i'm fat oh, or yeah. uh you know i need to lose weight and you're saying that in front of like julie who is like i mean i'm i am that person that julie is you know like I am, I am, I guess, quote unquote fat or whatever you want to call it nowadays. Um, so I, I've been that person where you have somebody that's like, you can see with your eyeballs, somebody that's in shape, like healthy. And they're like telling you <laughs> yes, I'm fat or whatever. And you're like, can you not in front of me? Like that's where my mind goes. I was thinking if I made a TikTok, it would be about all the dumb things people said to me that were along those veins. Like, like yeah. you know, saying things like, Oh, where'd you get that shirt? Oh, I got it here. Oh, nothing fits me there. You know, everything's like sized up three sizes and just like, it's for bigger people. And I was like, Oh, uh, yeah, that makes you feel great. Like, Thanks. Okay. Appreciate it. Yeah. You know, and like people would say things like that a lot, but anyways, um, yeah, she says a lot of things like that to Julie. Um, there's that scene too, where she brings her lunch and she's like, I'm on a diet. And she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> And then she has that crush on that teacher that yeah. she thinks is like legit. And then, you know, of course, he's just being a really nice. Of course, teacher that- he's just being a nice. Yeah. I mean, that's just a high school crush situation. It's so funny that everything can kind of be like, I don't know, um, summarized as, well, they're just high schoolers. That's just pretty much. Yeah. Like <laughs> he didn't do anything to lead her on. She just like no. saw something that wasn't there because she's lonely. And then um, I like the part where, you know, she ditches her the the cool kids that weren't going to go to prom um and she was like well i i did want to do that so he drops her off at her friend's house yeah and when she, when she finally answers the question who is julie because yeah, that's been an ongoing friend <laughs> yeah she's my best friend now she knows what like real friendship feels like now that she's traveled outside of that yeah, bubble exactly 
and she gets there and poor Julie is just sobbing on the sofa alone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh no, are you sad? And she's like, some people just aren't wired to be happy. I just really like that line too. I do too. <laughs> and then they get dressed up. She's had, she had a dress secretly this whole time, even though nobody. Asked right. Her. And, <laughs> and then they both go and have an amazing, almost Romeo and Michelle moment at the dance. And I really like that too. Yeah, that was, yeah. I, I like that they wrapped that up nicely. Um, that was like the only aspect of it that was like remotely like coming of age cliche. Yeah. Is like, and almost like the two people reuniting that kind of had a rift or whatever. Yeah, and like the way she was treating Julie the whole movie, like some of the other stuff I could kind of let go, but I didn't like that. And I, I'm mm-hmm. glad that, that she wrapped that up and realized, you know, how her friend was feeling and stuff. Cause she, yeah, she, she definitely created the situation where her friend felt that bad. It was kind of her fault right. directly. So the, their argument though, when they were at their peak maddest at each other, um, is so funny. Yeah. Um, there is no role of the tempest. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so freaking funny. Uh, they just do that. So everybody can participate. And then the whole two bad decisions line. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're, and they're saying things, well, I mean, at least Julie's saying things that are very true yes. um, to Lady Bird, where, where she's like, you can't do anything about making it about yourself, which you could argue for, um, I would say, most of the quote-unquote cool people in the in the high school. Sure. The only exception really being Julie, yeah, who's kind of like a doormat for everybody. I know, and like everyone else's support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor thing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's a great role for Beanie Feldstein, though. Yeah. And she really, like... She really gets a chance to shine in Booksmart. That's such a great movie. Oh, yeah. She's so good in that movie. I love that. I kind of want to watch I it again know. after I watch Lady Bird. I was like, you know what? Because it's kind of I... like an evolution of that character almost. <laughs> kind of <laughs> is. She's just out of her shell entirely. Yeah. Um, dang. Okay. Now I got to refer to my notes again. I can get uh, I can get lost in, in when we go out of order because it's, it's um, the best scenes are out of order. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Oh my God. When Lady Bird passes a driver's test and he's like, she goes, thanks. And he's like, it's not really a thanking situation. You either pass or you don't. Yay. <laughs> she, says, uh, she goes, yay. She's so awkward. This is how awkward she's going to be in real life situations yeah. without parents around. Um, and then her, when she turns 18, buying cigarettes, a lotto ticket. And was it a playgirl? Yes. And then she's like outside the convenience store smoking and reading it. <laughs> so awesome. And she tells that guy, I'm 18. That's why I'm buying all this. It's my birthday. And he goes, oh, yeah. happy birthday. <laughs> just like, doesn't really have a lot to add to that. He doesn't really care. Yeah. Like, it's just funny when you're the lead character of your own story and you have been for so long and so self-involved. And anytime she's out of her, out in the real world, she's starting to see glimpses of people not caring about any of that, <laughs> of anything she has going on. I love that you said that because that sums up. I think, honestly, at least for me, that age. And then mm-hmm. also her character. is She is the main character. And everybody else is peripheral to her being center yeah. stage. And her journey in this movie is realizing that, you know, she's not the main character. <laughs> Even though she right. is, technically. <laughs> right. So she's she thinks she's trying to figure stuff out now. She's going to have a whole lot of other stuff to figure out when she's, like, out in New York, yeah. you know? And we see glimpses of that at the end. Um where she still doesn't even like she change, she goes back to Christine and then she lies about where she's from. So she's lying about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's still like figuring out 
everything like in the the moment in one interaction (laughs) when she drinks so much she ends up in the hospital yes (laughs) and i love when she it's so funny (laughs) i think the nurse even says like you're just drunk or something like that she doesn't even have alcohol poisoning no she's just threw up she's never had that happen before (laughs) (laughs) yeah because it would be a darker story if it was like this was the beginning of my alcoholism but no she just got drunk one time exactly it's such a yeah the ending was where i was like really cold on i felt like the movie had like 15 minutes more to go or whatever when i first saw it i should say when i first saw it um but then when i heard greta talk about the ending and how she said um you know she wanted it to end with with ladybird or christine whatever finally being grateful for everything her mother has done for her and tried to shield her from everything that's going on in the real world um more or less and trying to shield her from disappointment. Well, there's, there's, a, um, yeah, there's, there's several things I like about that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm like, I'm yeah. No, and then the very end where she, it kind of like ends on a breath is like Greta's intent. There was like her inhale was like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe that part, but the exhale was supposed to be the start of like a new life for her. Yeah. So that's why she ended the credits. She ended with the credits right before the exhale. Oh, um, and I thought that was like a brilliant freaking thing. Um, yeah. And that changed my perspective on the ending entirely. Well, I, I, but yeah, that, that phone call was like a whole, I was still coming down. The first time I saw it, I was still coming down from the mother crying, driving to the airport. Yeah. Um, I was very emotional with that scene. And then too, when yeah. she's like, when she's like um, leaving the mom a voicemail, talking about how they, how she can relate to her on this level, on this tiny little level. Of like you know driving around San Francisco, I'm like, oh great, I'm emotional again. Like, (laughs) yeah. Well, the mom, you know, she kept saying the main reason why she didn't want her to go to another school is because it's so expensive, which was partially true. But what she really wanted to say was she didn't want her to leave her. Um, And so when they drop her off at the airport, she makes this kind of snide remark like, well, I can't park and see you off because that's too expensive. And look how much money we're spending on your school. It's just one more jab at ladybird mm-hmm. and ladybird looks at her for a second then slams the door and then the mother has a change of heart drives back in tries to run in the daughter's already gone and the dad is like she's coming back and, it, and that's when you finally realize oh the main thing the mom was upset about was the daughter leaving not necessarily the money right and right. so yeah you're right so you're kind of reeling from that then the funny drunk night happens and i love when she wakes up and there's that little boy that's injured like people that actually need to be at the hospital right <laughs> and she's kind of like realizing like wow and i think it was right after that that she goes to the church the only place that she's familiar exactly. with from sacramento is a catholic church that's right what I was and gonna um, say is she she spends the whole movie just you know kind of not dissing religion but just yeah but she's kind of tired. Yeah, of, she's, she's over, over it. it. And then at the end, it, it, you know, maybe she's not necessarily religious again, but she is missing a piece of home. And so she goes to church and it makes her feel a little bit better. And then the, then she calls her parents. And it's just really sweet way to end the film is for her to kind of like her mom. Her mom wrote that letter because she couldn't. Oh, and her mom wrote the letter and didn't even want to send it to her. So her mom mm-hmm. is so emotionally guarded that she couldn't even finish a letter couldn't finish it and the dad yeah. was like okay um she doesn't know you have those letters and my your mom was worried you judge her grammar I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it 
And she was like, no. It's like she's that afraid to be vulnerable in front of literally anyone. I just thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting. And then so she calls her, kind of does the same thing, leaves a voicemail, doesn't tell her face to face, doesn't tell her even over the phone. She leaves her voicemail, very similar to the to the letter. So I, I like that end cap for it a lot. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, they're going to, I mean, because the movie is grounded in reality, you know, in real life, I mean, they're going to talk again. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, because you can't just not talk to like i mean when when their relationship is like it is in the movie i mean they're clearly going to talk to each other again that's not it was never to the point where they're never going to talk to each other again yeah they just gotten in in some heated arguments that's all it is right right yeah i mean it's just they're they're it's a big transition in ladybird's life and it's it was tough on her mom and her mom doesn't have like the emotional language to deal with it so that's how she deals with it she argues with her (laughs) right exactly it's very Oh, one last thing. Um, <clears throat> if we end up wrapping up, I know we're kind of towards the end of the movie, but this is a little out of order. Um, yeah. The the abortion scene. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I just, it's like, man, can you imagine ever being that brazen in high school? There's no way. But um, when, when the teacher makes that comment and then she says, well, if your mother had aborted you, we wouldn't have to sit here and listen to this. I thought <laughs> right. that was hilarious. <laughs> oh my god it's so bad like my parents would have kicked me into the next dimension uh but and yeah. then and then also the thing with the nun just married to jesus i and the, when the nun later is like i actually i'm not you're not in trouble i thought it was really funny it was such yeah. a like honest adult moment yeah she's like me and the whatever other sisters laughed about yeah, it or whatever she's like, we, we thought it was funny which i feel like teachers probably do that a lot but they have to discipline you but in in reality, they're like, this is pretty funny, though. Um, <laughs> and she's like, and it wasn't just married. It was actually 40 years. And she's like, he's a lucky guy. <laughs> I, was like, I wish I was that clever as a teenager. It's just really, really funny. Yeah, for real. She's uh, she's almost written too clever for her own yeah. good. But I think that's that they had to make her believably, like, funny. at least uh, smart and, and witty for her to qualify to think she can qualify for kind of like bigger calls. Yeah. And, and for her to kind of, for us to like her, I think too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause she does a lot of dumb yeah, that's things. True. So it's like, give her some moments of intelligence. Yeah. What was the first scene that you meant? Cause there was something I wanted to add on to that first scene that you mentioned. Uh, the very first, you mentioned scene. the nun thing, but the oh, one right oh, before that, uh, the one with the, uh, the abortion. Oh, the abortion. Oh my God. So I, it was during a Q and a that uh, Greta mentioned this, that the, like somebody was like, um, talking about somebody asked a question about the big arguments that lady bird and mom have. And, and, um, she, uh, she was like, I don't think the mom was like out of line at all with getting that upset with lady bird for getting suspended. She did just tell another woman she wishes she was aborted. <laughs> yeah. Like regardless of her stance on abortion, what yeah. she said was too far. Not- yeah, exactly. <laughs> that. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Very funny. <laughs> it's like when you think of it, this grand scheme of things, it's like the mom's not wrong for yelling at her like at yeah, all. Yeah, it, it, um, like, <laughs> feminism aside, like she shouldn't have told someone they should have been aborted. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not. It's not okay. Oh man. But so funny. Um, I like the uh, the scene where the dad goes for the interview, and oh, the interviewer. <laughs> yeah, that's another like middle class type. You know, the generation. Sla- yeah, the middle class kind of changing mm-hmm. slash the generational gap here 
where the dad is doing doing it was supposed to be interviewed and the young guy is so much younger that he's like doesn't even have a clue how to conduct the interview yeah like it's the young guy is just like cracking jokes like oh man they they fired you and then they closed so like that serves them right and he's like making jo- like bro jokes almost yes and and then after that, the young guy goes, so what's next? And he's like, so I think we should go over what the job is. <laughs> uh, and then they see the sun show up at the end, and the dad is very encouraging. Um, that entire sequence was just like a different version of heartbreaking than the, like the airport driving well, scene. Well, I also but, feel uh, like the older I get, the more I feel like the dad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah. In interviews, you're like, I have all these years of experience, and they're like, okay. I feel like every year, more and more, I start identifying more with the parents in the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, even though I've been there as, like, the high schoolers yeah. in this. Um, there's another scene. Um, crap. I had it right in front of me. I think I'm trying to think of who we haven't talked about yet. Maybe the the theater teacher? I think they did perfect casting for the for Jenna, the popular girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> Um, when Jenna asks her name, she's like Lady Bird, and her delivery of weird yeah. was just perfect. Right. Oh, the last thing I, I had that I want to talk about was the music. Oh, yes. Uh, because Greta works so hard <laughs> to secure those songs. Oh, really? Like, she wrote personal letters to Alanis Morissette and Dave Matthews and Justin Timberlake, wow. and she was like, please let me use your music. <laughs> For this movie that I'm I'm doing, it would really mean a lot to me, and it means a lot to these characters, yada yada. So it's like she really worked hard to get that music secured. I didn't realize that. And and the Dave Matthews crash thing, like, uh, and that being like the butt of a joke, to, and then the turning point for for Lady Bird to be like, yeah, I actually like that song. Yeah. Um, that's that's Greta. That's like 100 percent her. Oh, like wow. she loves that song, and she saw Dave Matthews when she was like that age. She saw him live. But that's such a relatable thing, too, of like being yeah. with the cool kids and then hating on something you like and you having to sit there. And then finally you're like, you know what? I actually love that. So I guess I'm the stupid idiots you're talking about. <laughs> She's, yeah. It's such a good moment. It is. It really is. And I'm, I've, look, I've been in uh, songwriting classes and stuff like that, um, especially recently. And, um, and, and don't get me wrong, like I'm, I'm probably the oldest one there. So I would expect kids to have opinions that aren't necessarily informed yet. <laughs> um, but there's at least been at least one person each semester. That's like, um, you know, we listen to like a pop song, like a Bruno Mars song. And they'll be like, he didn't even write it. Ugh. It's like eight, eight other people wrote it. Ugh. And um, it's just an uninformed opinion thing to say. Like, <laughs> of course he freaking wrote on it. He's credited as writing on it. Like, do you not understand how the crediting works? No, they don't. Um, and also, like, it's like two other people wrote on it. It's not just, of course, Bruno Mars got co-writing help. and But also, we're in songwriting class. We are literally co-writing with each other. Well, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean you can't co-write? So it's just, young people haven't changed, man. They still have opinions like that. Well, the one that gets me the most that I, it's like, the, these videos are fun and everything, but I kind of hate them, are the ones that are like, every pop song actually sounds the same and they like prove that like there's a formula to like creating a hit song and i want to be like no shit like there's only so many different sounds out there that's real life congratulations you've cracked the code it's almost like saying hey every 
you know, book you've ever read is a version of a different book you've already read. Yes, you're right. (laughs) That doesn't prove anything, to be honest. And so every time I see that, you know, where they're like, all these rock songs are the same, all these pops, all these country. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. there's, I'm sure, a science behind what sounds good to us. Congratulations. You figured it out. Yeah, I know. You know being being reductive doesn't necessarily mean it's not exactly, good. Suddenly, yeah. sorry. It's like it doesn't make you smarter than the music. Yeah, it's too, like, so. I, I cracked the secret code. It's like I don't think it's a secret. I think people go to school to figure out how to write things and and make things that people like. <laughs> what I respect more is when like is when music theorists or whoever people that just know theory in general will like make a compilation or like a medley. Oh yeah, I love of, that. It'll be like four chords, right? And it'll be every pop song that has this specific four chord structure. Mm-hmm. And some of these medleys are like 10 minutes long because there's that many pop songs that use one chord structure. Right. But it's not like um, criticizing it. It's more like, have you noticed this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's more like, this is interesting. And it's kind of, like, it's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, but, and you'll see me on the side of most of the time when I see lawsuits about like, so-and-so ripped off so and so song. You'll see me on the side of this lawsuit's pointless because there's only so many notes and music. I'm so glad you <laughs> said that. I watched like another video the other day where they were like, uh-oh, this new song by Bella Porch sounds like this other song by uh, another artist. And they played it. And I'm like, those songs don't even sound the same yeah. <laughs> like, at all. There was one that Katy Perry was just a part of that sounded nothing like the one that a rapper was suing her for. Yeah. it's like, And it was laughable. Stretch, y'all. It's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure it was it was thrown out or whatever, but yeah, whenever are. that cases like that have to be thrown to a jury, I get really frustrated because the jury doesn't the know. jury has most of them don't have any foundation in music theory and it makes no sense to have to explain it to them and they still won't understand <laughs> what you're saying because music theory is very confusing when you first learn about it. Yeah. So like to have somebody that knows music theory explain to you, well, here's where the notes are different and where the key is different and like they can explain it to you mathematically and the jury will still be like, yeah, but my ears are playing tricks on me and they think they're the same. <laughs> but yeah, they usually lose, thankfully. So yeah, yeah. unless it's like, um, <clears throat> was it, was it Marvin Gaye who sued, uh, um, Robin Thicke? Oh, I don't know. For the Blurred Line song. That one did sound crazy similar though. <laughs> was it? I think so. I think that I, particular one I was like, ah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I think there was the Sam Smith and Tom Petty one was the most famous one. And it was at the point where Sam Smith was like, oh, whoops, I didn't even make the connection. And um, I don't even think they ended up doing a lawsuit. Sam Sam Smith just said, all right, I'll just give you co-write credit then. Like, yeah, because he just said whatever they just said. Sorry. It's impossible not to be like influenced by things you like. So, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. another aspect of it, too, that I think people forget. Yeah, it's. At the same time, sometimes it's just parallel songwriting. Yeah, like for sure. There's only so many notes. I mean, I feel like sometimes I'll finish a song and I'll be like, I feel I feel like this, like the song I sent you, the new song. I feel like I just ripped somebody off, but I don't know who yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel I like I'll so, listen to a song with me someday and be not, like, oh, yeah, that's who I ripped off. I mean, I'm probably not um, the most well-versed and stuff like that, but I don't think so. I wasn't. I didn't listen to it and go, oh, my God, this is X song, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank God. Uh, <laughs> I do have those those fears though of like maybe someday somebody's going to be like this. Well, I'm not. I'm not famous enough to do that. But um, <laughs> yeah, wait till you're really famous, then you can start worrying about right. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So anyway, Dave Matthews Band, that that's uh, that song, Crash, especially for me at that age. That's, I mean, that pushed this movie over the edge for me because, like, I related to that hard. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I was listening to that and many of his other albums or his band's other albums, and because uh, I was just learning guitar, and Crash was like one of the first songs I learned on guitar. So like that brings me way freaking back. And uh, I used to play it at open mics and stuff. Like, yeah, I have a history with that song. Oh, that's really nice. That's a good <laughs> like connection. Yeah. That was really, it was really funny to me that it was in the movie the first time I heard it or the first time I watched <laughs> like, it. I was no like, way. <laughs> no way. Um, also, if you guys are into mid 2000s nostalgia, uh, watch Pen15 on Hulu. Oh, yeah. It's I really, heard that's really good really funny so freaking funny it hurts um it's the two main women that are in it also created the show and i said women like they play their younger like 14 year old selves and they're 30 (laughs) it's so freaking funny like they're literally my age and they're playing like their their 15 year old selves or whatever it is um and it's really really funny um there's just so much stuff that they throw out there like in regards there's a whole episode around that revolves around AOL instant messenger and I'm just like man nostalgia chills for days like I just couldn't believe I was seeing that on screen (laughs) again in in like first time in years like hearing the door opening closing sounds and stuff like that like good lord um but yeah if you're you're kind of close to our age watch watch this and that if you're this far in the episode and you haven't seen ladybird yet also what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Were there, <laughs> were there any scenes that we missed on your on your list? I think you said. I, I wrote down a lot of notes and a lot of them are like excess and have no bear. It was just like stream of consciousness as I was watching it. So like, <laughs> oh, uh, fun tidbit. Being alive is in this movie. Um, I think I think it's Lucas Hedges' character or it might be just some random extra is singing uh, being alive. Um <laughs> at the very beginning of the auditions for the play. Oh yeah. Or the musical. And Being Alive is famous more famously in Marriage Story, which I thought was a fun oh, connection. Interesting. I didn't realize um, that. Yeah. I mean, and, I and Adam that. Driver is like that's like a famous like not, I don't want to say famous, but that's what the movie's most like known for, right. I guess, is Adam Driver going up on a microphone and singing that song that's, all the way through. That's right. Um and that's a great moment too. God, I love that movie so much. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Um, um, and, and also the musical stuff was taken very seriously by Greta because she's a theater. She was a theater kid. Uh, so she like did all of the rehearsal stuff for a very long time with the cast. So they could make it look legit, even though it <laughs> ends up being like 30 seconds of the movie. But it did feel pretty real. <laughs> it did. It felt so real. And, and she thought the humor in the musical part was like the fact that it's a very serious adult theme musical about like. There's like alcoholism and stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just kids. Like they're just kids singing about it. And it's, she thought that was like the funniest part of it. <laughs> um, and uh, I didn't even realize that because I wasn't even paying attention to the songs. I just thought it was really silly what they were doing up there. Yeah. It, it had a very high school musical feel to yes. it. The way that they were acting and, and like. Overacting. Yeah. Overact. Yeah. Overact. They were cheesing it. All of them were like cheesing it up big time. And it was, uh, bring back, brings back a lot of memories for this theater kid. That's awesome. Yeah, I just I just love this movie. I do too. I'm I'm glad I, I was happy to revisit it. I've watched it a few times, and uh, mm-hmm. I can comfortably Same. say that. And uh, and it 
I, I felt the exact same way I did the first time I saw it. Um, I mm-hmm. think I picked up on more things, but um, the emotional beats were just as intense. I, I think Greta Gerwig is really good at that. I, I yeah. experienced some of that also watching Little Women. There's something about Bob Odenkirk tearing up and being like, my girls. I was like, oh my God, I'm crying at Bob Odenkirk <laughs> talking to these little women. Random Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, it was so, that is such a good such moment a though. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I just think she, the emotional beats, uh, what she does with the mother characters in her movies, just really good. Um, mm-hmm. But if you had to sum it up, you know, uh, what do you think about this movie resonates with you the most? Like, why do you think you keep returning to it? Um, it's really hard to say. I guess it's a combination of things. I think it's the mother daughter relationship and the performances being as strong as they are. Yeah. Um, and the nostalgia for that time period, even though I didn't go to Catholic school, it was still that, that general time period. I I mean, I lived through that. So at that age, no less, um, well, close to that age. Yeah. I was like 14 or 15 or whatever. So I wasn't close to graduating like, like, like she was, but, um, um, yeah, I just, something about Greta Gerwig, the way she writes and makes films just totally works for me. I haven't seen little women again yet. And I feel like I should, but this one I've, according to letterbox, I've seen it like seven times. Oh, wow. (laughs) I can't stop. I can't stop watching it. It's just so good. It is good. Um, And it flies by, dude. Like I, I normally check how far along of a movie on a movie I am. Uh, every now and then when I'm watching it just to see, you know, cause, cause Apple TV tells you here's when the movie ends. It'll oh, give yeah, you a time. I do that too. Where you like pause it just and to see this, this, uh, the first time I did it for this movie was like when I had 10 minutes left. Yeah. I was like, wow, this movie just flew by. It like really it, it really, it's, it's one of the really best good. paced movies I've seen in a long time. Is, especially for an indie film. It's really, really good. Um, yeah. Because I feel like that's something people point out about like first time directors, indie film, this, the pacing is really it's going to be fast. slow yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, for me, I, you know, I, I was already candid earlier. I really related to the parents with a healthy dose of realism. Again, mom mm-hmm. and dad, if you're listening, uh, you both encouraged me a lot as a kid with art and going to theater class and things like that. But they also gave me a healthy dose of reality <laughs> and yeah. maybe a little bit more real than, than some parents. And over time, that's only become funnier to me. And so I think those parts mm-hmm. of the movie are just even funnier to me because of that. Um, and, and maybe some of that's them. That's honestly, that's probably a good thing, though, because uh, <laughs> kids, when you're a kid, you don't get it. Yeah. You, there's no way. So they have to, like, repeat themselves. Like, no, it's not. It's not going to be everything you're dream, right. you dreamed of. I promise you. And for me, I think some of it, too, was, you know, my parents both spoke, spoke Spanish as a first language. And so they had some oh. barriers to to get through. And, uh, I think they just, they were over serious about my education, my life because of that, right. you know? And so some of the, I guess, more gentler parents that are like, Oh, you're a genius. Just do whatever makes you feel good. You know, like my parents weren't like that. They were like, no, life's hard. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. Priority is life's hard. Second priority is, you know, you can do, try to do what you want. I think the most complimentary thing I got in regards to like creative stuff is I remember I was so proud of being in a play when I was like, Oh, 14 or 15 in like a theater mm-hmm. class. And my mom was like, you know what? You kept saying that you wanted to act. And I was just like, no, but today that was really good. <laughs> I was kind of like, <laughs> that's a good way. That's a great way to pay a compliment. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Today that. it was better than before. <laughs> but I always, I still think about that and laugh. Anyway, um, 
what what is your theater pitch for this movie or why do i keep saying that what is your elevator pitch for this movie uh if i had to pitch it in theaters yeah. no i'm just kidding <laughs> um <laughs> baseball yeah this one's really honestly this one's really tough to pitch uh i would I, I don't know if i would pitch it to somebody that's like a whole 10 years or 20 years older than me um don't get me wrong there's film critics that did love this movie that were around that age so i i don't Ugh, uh, it's really, really tough to predict who I would pitch this to. So it really depends. Um, but if you have a, a weird nostalgia for mid 2000 stuff, Hey man, do I have the movie for you? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, 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 yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like if you want to see a tight, what is it? 90 minutes. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, sure, if you want to yeah. see a tight, really brilliantly acted and, um, uh, like quickly briskly paced movie that you haven't seen before <laughs> and you just want something to like kind of come and go and you're like oh that was please at, at the very least you'll be like that was pleasing that was pleasing <laughs> that was pleasing. That, that would be my pitch i mean but at the same time i, I know people that don't like it because oh, she's a high schooler oh, yeah, or whatever. we didn't talk a whole lot about that but you and i had had a conversation about how for some reason it seems like uh, teenage girls get so much hate, more hate than teenage yeah. boys and a weird amount. It's like they're not even human or something. And I think that's messed up. Right. It does feel like a generational thing. A little bit of, you know, societal misogyny kind of stuff. But um, I feel like people are starting to get to a point where they can recognize that a little bit better. Um, I, I know I'm guilty of it as well. I mean, there was a time where I was like, oh, a teen girl is so annoying, even though I was one. Um, so I, I, I love how compassionate this movie is to, to teen women and to teenagers in general. I think sometimes young people get a bad rap um, and, you know, they're just trying to figure it out like we all were at that age. So I like how compassionate this movie is about that. Right. Um, I feel like that was a priority for, for Greta when she wrote it was kind of just to not write them as blanket annoying i mean teenagers right. you know everybody's just trying to figure themselves out i know and, and and the teenagers have genuinely good kind moments they're growing into the people that they're going to become and they're not awful people um but yeah i think that this is a really good coming of age story i think it's devoid of most cliches and coming of age stories it has a couple yeah, the only thing is the best friends coming yeah, together at the end yeah. but like other than that there's no central love story she's kind of jumping around well, she's only two love interests, but they're not ideal love interests, yeah, like <laughs> at all. Yeah, she doesn't have to. Choose they're them, high school ones, you know. She doesn't have to pick between the two of them or something. Uh, it's it's more about her journey, and yeah, I think mm -hmm. it's just a really fresh take on this genre, and uh, really made me an insta fan. And I think you know, if you've heard some things about it that were negative, I think you should dismiss those and give it a shot because almost almost everyone I've talked to that's seen it really ended up liking it. So yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean, at least most people like I can only think of a couple that I know that were like um, their main complaint, though, was uh, that Lady Bear was annoying. or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just I think if you were like a parent, I hate that complaint so much that maybe this would be too close to home. <laughs> so that yeah, to do with that's it, true. In the person that I'm thinking about that was mad. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah. Have Same here. <laughs> so See, I, I have I have uh, I have a friend who. Uh, doesn't have necessarily a teenager yet, but they have a kid and they were like, my kid would never do that. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, you can't compare a movie to your real life a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. It's not fair. Yeah, I agree. Um, you, you even said that, 
I think you said that like earlier, like it's not, it's fic, it's like fiction yeah. guys. It's like not, it's supposed to be a, a direct parallel to you. Yeah. Um, no, we said that about Atanya because oh, yeah, yeah. Atanya wasn't uh, supposed to be a thing just because it's a movie about a bad person. Doesn't mean it's, it's saying we should celebrate them. Yeah. In the same way, I think Lady Bird, I mean, I like the character and she has mm -hmm. a, an arc, but she's not like, I'm not, I don't watch that movie and think, Oh, she's like fair, you know, Ferris Bueller's day off, you know, or right. whatever. It's like, she's not the hero of the film. There's no hero. Mm -hmm. It's just about her, you know? Yeah, right. Agree. Agree. So that would be part of my elevator pitch too, is that it's not a predictable coming of age yeah. story. There's still a lot of things you haven't seen in a movie before. Agreed. Um, and I'm glad she got nominated for best director yeah. for this one, even though it was, um, that award was clearly going to go to, um, I think Del Toro won it. Yes. Yeah. Um, if not him, then I would have expected to go to, well, I would have wanted it to go to Jordan Peele out of all those, all five of those. Yeah. Right, because yeah. that's who. Who else was nominated? It's hard. It was a good. It was a good. It was a good year for film. And so horror movies never win anything. Um, no, uh, at least it got nominated. I mean, I'm really happy that Get Out got a lot of a lot uh, as much of it as it did. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, uh, that was the year um, that uh, Blade Runner 2049 came out. So never mind. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 should have won everything yeah, for all time. <laughs> and, and <laughs> forever <today>. for all <laughs> Oscars yeah. going Agreed. forward. I just realized that your name, no one can see this because we're recording on something, but your name is Jeffy Bird, which I really appreciate. I didn't yeah. notice that before. That's hilarious. Yeah, we can pick our own names. <laughs> um, I run with yes, it. Yes, thank you. That's entertaining. Uh, but thank you, Jeffy Bird, uh, for coming on today. What if that sticks? That would be really crazy. Um, but thank you for coming on again. And, um, you know, it's been a while, but I'm glad that you're back. And Hope to have you. Oh, on. I'm going to be honest. Thank you for having me. I'm going to be honest with you. The nickname thing is also another thing I can relate to. I insisted on being called. I went through a three ninjas phase. Oh, no. I love that movie. <laughs> so I used to be like, somebody call me Rocky or somebody call me Colt. No way. I remember um, a, a guy that I was attracted to that wanted to be called Ace and that didn't work out. <laughs> it's so dumb. But <laughs> you know, I was like, I'll call you that and no one else would. So. Didn't work out. So I definitely I relate to it on that level too, like That's of the ladybird thing, and everybody's like, "I'm not going to call you that," and I and then I've been I gave up quicker than she did. She insisted <laughs> yeah, she on writing really, it out. Uh, she really stuck to her guns with that one. Yeah, yeah. I did write it out on some like school assignments, but uh, I gave up quick, quickly, very <laughs> quickly. Rocky, awesome. it's Rocky. Call me Rocky. Rocky Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. It's so terrible. <laughs> Rocky, Bird. Rocky Bird. There we there go. That's go. me. Well, thank you again for coming on. This was so fun. I had so much fun reminiscing and talking about this movie. Hope to have you back soon. It's so good. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for everybody that listened for not stealing this um, <laughs> this movie. I was a little surprised only because uh, it's more recent oh, and yeah, yeah. highly praised. And so it's probably in the front of people's minds um, when they think of great movies from the last like five years. Yeah. Um, so I was a little surprised, but at the same time... Um, they're probably thinking more like classics, like, you know, like older movies a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. They do tend to be older films that people pick. That's true. Um, and I totally, I don't know. I'm just totally blanking on movies that are older that I would even pick. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's like I only exist 2010 onward uh, from a movie perspective, <laughs> even though it's not true. Um, but yeah, I uh, love being on the show. I love the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being on. <laughs>